0: If you're reading this, it's two. Wait. By pseudonymous it is Bosch. It's wait, because it's <gasps> almost nine. Yeah, I know. Chapter. How does the book know? I know. Chapter 14 Quaking, Trembling. Quaking or Trembling. By the way, the sound your foot made sounded like a fart. Put this? <laughs> yeah, when you put your foot on that, it sounded like a fart. You trying to re. Nah, I guess I gotta do it again. That's okay. Okay, ready? Okay, don't fall asleep. <laughs> I can't do that, Mom. You know. You me six million dollars? Did anything fun and exciting happen today? Um. No. I'm going to sleep. Yeah, no, literally, you had a play date with Presley, but. Dude, nothing fun happened today. Like, nothing, like, super exciting, huh? Besides- Yeah, well, okay, ready? One of the first rules of parenting, or so I hear, is that you should always have to be content with your child. If you tell your daughter she's grounded for a month, well, then ground her for a month. Otherwise, she'll lose respect for you, and she will run wild like a heathen. Cass's mother, I'm sure, was fully aware of this rule. She probably had every intention of keeping her word in regard to Cass's freedom or lack thereof. By the time Cass asked her mother if she could go camping with her grandfathers, her mother was itching for Cass to get out of the house just as much as Cass was. That's only that's the only explanation I can think of as for why Cass's mother didn't instantly refuse Cass's request. It'll it'll still be like I'm grounded, I mean they're practically my guardians. You won't have any fun though, right? Promise, no fun at all. And you won't have any desserts while you're gone? None. And you won't even put chocolate chips in your trail mix? None. Not even peanut butter chips? None. I'll put raisins, and you know how much I hate them. It'll be worse than punishment. And you'll do everything Larry and Wayne tell you. Everything. Except when it's crazy or dangerous, or they're getting sidetracked because there's something they want from their store. Except then. Even though that's pretty much all the time? Even though. And you won't run off without telling anyone on this trip or ever again? I won't. I promise. Okay, then you can go, but don't tell anyone I let you. Thanks, Mom. You're the best. By the way, I have to watch Sebastian when they're gone. That's the only way I can get Larry and Wayne to go. Bye. Cass, come back here right now. I'm not changing some blind... Oh, she said you have to watch him. I'm not changing some blind dog's diaper, and I thought you said they asked you to go. Sorry, I can't hear you. Even on a good day, the firehouse was crammed... was crammed so hard it was hard to move around. Now that it was staging, it was a staging ground for a backpacking trip, it looked like a refugee camp after a hurricane. Max Ernest lugged all of the camp, oh, Max Ernest is going to go, lugged all of the camping equipment, including two brand new backpacks, one red, one blue, only to find stuff stuck right in the side door. There was just, I guess, yeah, there was just too much stuff for him to move further. Yo Yoji was already there. Oh, he's going too? What the hell? Standing by Cass's side, he looked at Max Ernest and Max Ernest like Max Ernest was insane. Dude, why do you have two backpacks? Wait, halt, freeze. Let me guess. You're wondering why Yo Yoji was at the firehouse. He was actually invited to go backpacking with them, you want to know? I don't blame you. I'd be surprised too. Here's what happened the three kids had remet in detention. The day after, Cass decided to go to Whisper Lake. While Max Ernest furiously redid his math homework, even though it was correct the first time, Cass prepared Yo-Yoji with questions about backpacking. What kind of mosquito repellent do you use? What kind of water purifier do you use? Have you ever been caught in a storm? (sighs) Yo-Yoji was happy to answer. However, if Cass and Max Ernest were going backpacking, he said... He was going to go with them. Indeed, he was down. He downright insisted. I know you guys are on some kind of a cool secret adventure, and I don't care if I'm invited or not. This time, you're not leaving me at like you did at the tide pools, yo. Of course, Cass denied that they were going on a secret adventure, but instead of trying to dissuade him, she turned to Max Ernest. What do you think? Should we let him? I mean, he's gone pack- backpacking before. When we haven't. And what if we get separated from my grandfather's? I have a compass and maps and everything, but it's different to have somebody with experience. I don't know how Max Ernest would have reacted if Cass said straight out of what she wanted from yo—straight out that she wanted yo to come on Yo-Yoji to come on her their trip, but by appealing to his logic, she put him in a corner. Max er- All Max Ernest could say was. That makes sense. Cool, said yo Yoji. Everybody else in the school sucks. They're all boring. Amber clones. You guys are only really interesting ones. Cass's ears reddened, or at least pinked, hearing this praise. Max Ernest had remained absolutely expressionless, as if he'd decided he was done with emotion altogether. Now, back at the fire station. As they assembled for the backpacking trip, Cass was on pins and needles, anxious to see how how well or not the two boys would get along i think that's why she interviewed intervened so quickly when yo -Yo yojis asked about max Ernest's two backpacks he has to do everything in twos because of his parents it's kind of complicated she said stepping in between them but seriously max Ernest, why don't you just leave one your parents won't even know yeah but i'll know and if i pick one and not the other it's like max Ernest shuddered any anyway they both have wheels those aren't even the right kind for backpacking, said Yo This is what you're supposed to to have. He picked up his backpack and handed it to Max Ernest, who had it who handed it right back without allowing himself to show any interest. See how light it is, Yo Yoji continue, continued. My parents are really strict about packing. I'm not allowed to carry anything heavy, like toothpaste or changes of underwear. That's gross, said Cass. Yo Yoji laughed. I was just kidding, partially. We're allowed underwear, but but my parents are serious. Everything we eat has to be freeze dried. Well, don't tell your parents, but we're gonna be eating a lot better than that, said Grandpa Larry, who is trying tying a big pot to an old army backpack, even if it means sweating on the way up. There are a number of whisper lakes in the world, perhaps not as many as there are in Emerald as there are emerald lakes or mirror lakes, but plenty nonetheless. Look on any given map and you'll have a good chance of finding one. That's why I feel no compunction about naming the lake to which our young heroes are headed. Furthermore, I do not hesitate to tell you that their destination was high, high up in the mountains. After all, a multitude of lakes existed at high elevations. What I will not tell you is where the trail was. That's only at the foothills of a famously rugged mountain range, separated from all dirt, parking lots by a deep gorge as soon as grandpa Wayne Wayne's truck pulled into the parking lot Cass Max Ernest and Yo-Yoji hopped out you better go now if you have to said Cass to, Mac, to Max Ernest she pointed to the decrepit outhouses by the side of the lot because once we're here in the mountain, mountains you have to dig a hole and bury it and you have to make sure far away from any lakes or rivers otherwise it contaminates the water Right? She asked yo eager to show that she knew what she was doing, even if she <coughs> had never been backpacking before. He nodded. Yeah, pretty much. Alarmed, Max Ernest's eyes eyed the outhouse. Their doors were half open, flies buzzing in and out. We're just going for two nights, right? He asked, clearly wondering whether he could hold it the whole time. After they'd braved the porta potties even Max Ernest, who sounded from outside oddly like he was reciting multiplication tables while he went to the bathroom. They hoisted their packpacks. Here goes nothing, said Grandpa Wayne. Just breathe in that fresh mountain air, said Grandpa Larry. It feels like fuel. It'll take us all the way to the top. A wooden footbridge spanned the gorge leading to the trail. Next to the bridge, a message board stood under the wooden overhang. Flyers warned against bears, as well as various other high county hazards. High country hazards. No campfires, said Larry. How are we going to make s'mores? We better not, said Cass. You want to start a forest fire? Plus, campfires pollute. Do you know that in Yosemite, it gets smoggy from the campfires? We've been making fires in Yosemite since before you were born, young lady, said Grandpa Larry. I hope you're not going to be one of those kind of campers, Grandpa Wayne, or I'm turning around right now. yo yo laughed. yo Yoji laughed. Cass marched forward with her nose in the air, but she crossed the bridge and she slowed, looking down at the tops of ferns and some small waterfalls. That might have been a majority of force, m- might been a mighty force in the springtime, but right now, it didn't roar so much as purr. Lulling in the innocent passerby, lulling the innocent passerby, did the water flow all the way from Whisper Lake? Cass wondered. What would they find at the end of this hike? Friend or enemy? Man or monster? Or would they find a mockery of her dreams? Cass reached behind her and felt the bottom corner of her backpack. Yes, the sound of Prism was still there. Why did she feel as though it might disappear any second? After a short climb out of the gorge, the trail rose gently for the first half mile or so, winding, winding, not winding, winding its way. I think it's supposed to say winding. It's way through a forest of pale-trunked trees that flickered in and out of the shadows like an old black and white film strip. The silver dollar-sized leaves rustling as if the other rustling as if other much larger beings were walking among the trees quaking aspen said larry also known as trembling aspen said grandpa wayne soon the hikers emerged from the aspens to find themselves walking across a golden Mm, come on where did i just go a golden meadow of surrounded by pine trees although it was autumn a few wildflowers remained and dandelion spores floated lazily in the sunshine. See, the mountains aren't only about survival, said Grandpa Castellari. Cass rolled her eyes, but there was no denying the beauty in front of them. By the time they crossed the meadow, their shoes were muddy, and the mood of the hike had changed. They started up a steep, wide, totally bare-side mountain. The trail zigzagged across it. Switchbacks! The word... A word to sure strike terror in the heart of any hiker. As they traversed back and forth, inching up the mountain, Grandpa Larry tried to entertain them with stories about previous travels, stories with which Grandpa Wayne invariably had some minor quibble. Oh, come on, Larry, you know you were never in the Peace Corps, but you couldn't have hiked the entire in, oh, the entire Andes range. It stretches all the way to the bottom of South America. Or, funny the way I remember it, I was the one who fixed the Land Rover and diverted the lions. But eventually, even Cass's grandfathers fell silent. Max Ernest, who was pulling one of those backpacks behind him, as he carried the other one on his back, looked like he was having the hardest time. So, if you're such a backpacking expert, how much longer do you think it is to the top, he asked Yo-Yoji's between sucks of air. I don't know, I've never been here before. Well, how much further then? Yo-Yoji looked up at the mountain. I don't know, like a quarter mile? So how long should that take us? I don't know, 20 minutes? Max Ernest kept checking his watch. Okay, it's 20 minutes and we're not at the top, he announced 20 minutes later. No kidding. I guess I was wrong. Well, how long do you think now? I don't know. It's hard to tell because of all the false peaks. Ten minutes, maybe. It's ten minutes. Announced Max. Ten minutes later, to yo yojis extremely annoyance. I thought you were the were the backpacking backpacking ex. Hey, Max Ernest, You want to be? You want my pedometer? Said Cass, interrupted before he could finish his sentence. Max Ernest shrugged unpleasantly, but he took the device out of her hands. You put it on your shoe, and it says how far you've gone. I know," said Max Ernest, attaching the pedometer to his shoelace. He pushed ahead, dragging his second backpack behind him. Cass watched anxiously. She should she say something more? She decided to leave him alone. Besides, she was breathing too hard, and she couldn't really talk. As it turned out, they took an it took another thirty minutes to another eight point eight miles, according to Max Ernest who checked the pedometer every step to, make, to get to the top of the switchbacks. It took three more hours and 2.6 miles to get to Whisper Lake. They reached the graveyard first. It was right at the top of the trail, sloping behind the remains of a stone gate. Slabs of broken rock, once tombstones, dotted the hillside. A few crumbling statues stood under the spindly pine trees, Who'd get buried all the way up here, Grandpa Wayne asked. Miners. Grandpa Larry shook his head. The cemetery is hundreds of years old. Who? There was no mining community then. Very curious. We'll have to come back tomorrow. Cass stopped by the gate as her grandfathers and Yo-Yoji's forge ahead. Max Ernest lingered with her. Is this it? She nodded, picking up a handful of pine needles as if to confirm it were real. It's just like in my dream. We must be in the right place. She waited for Mac's earnest rebuttal, but he just shivered, evidently as spooked as she was. Nobody has been buried in the graveyard for a very long time, but the sense of death still lived. Come on, said Cass. Yojis was looking at them, curiously, from down down the trail and she didn't want to uh, arouse any suspicion when the hikers first caught sight of the lake through the trees the sun was setting and the lake was sparkling gold but as they walked closer the sun disappeared and the lake turned lead gray and ominous as if the gold had been some kind of alchemy at work and now they were seeing the lake's true colors across the lake mountain climbers steeply steeply treeless and bare saved for a few luminous patches of snow at the top, the jagged, tooth-like peaks Cass remembered from her nightmares. They chose a campsite that backed up against a small cliff with roots dangling out of it. How about over here by this tree stump, Cass asked. Yoji shook his head. Too many rocks. Look at that one, right in the middle. He pointed to a piece of granite sticking out of the ground. and in, in his other hand, he held his parents' bright yellow backpack tent, still rolled up. Max Ernest, what do you think? Cass asked. Whatever you guys think, he continued, looking looking at boulder-strewn lake shore about 10 yards below. Well, I think this is perfect because we can say whatever we want without he- them, them hearing us. Cass nodded towards the opposite end of the camp fight site where her grandfathers were erecting their tent and patchy contraptions and fading camouflage fabric that billowed dust whenever they touched it okay but don't blame me if you can't sleep because there's a rock in your back said yo yo after they put up their tent and they put their sleeping bags out of their stuffed sacks to air grandpa larry handed cass a length of rope and a pillowcase and he asked the kids to collect food that they wouldn't be eating for dinner we have to tie the other end of the rope up the rock so that we can throw it over a tree branch Cass explained to Max Ernest, wait a minute, was that right? Yeah, checking Yo-Yoji's reaction, he nodded, like a pinata. You guys do it. I'm not very good at throwing, said Max Ernest, stepping out of the way, still refusing to let himself participate or even smile. As Cass and Yo-Yoji took turns trying to toss the rope over the tree limb, a ranger reined his horse next to their campsite and saluted them. Make sure you get a, a... That bag good and high, I suppose you heard some bear has been really having it at it lately. Cass's grandfather joined them, and the ranger to ask to see their wilderness permit, which I'm surprised and delighted to report Larry and Wayne were able to supply. Alrighty then, be safe, y'all. It's a bit nippy because it's late in the season. But on the bright side, you've got the place to yourselves. Oh, before I go, anyone... Anyone know why they call it? it Whisper Lake? The ranger smiled at the kids. If you've ever been fishing early in the morning, you can probably guess. It's because of the way it sounds. Even the softest, softest little whispers carry across the water. Most lakes only—most lakes—it only happens at dawn, but it happens here in the evenings too. So be careful what you say if you don't want anyone to hear your secrets. He waved and gave his horse a kick. Yo Yoji looked at Cass and Max Ernest. ''Well?'' ''Well, what?'' asked Cass. ''Are you going to tell me what we're doing here? Are you still keeping everything secret?'' ''We're just camping, and that's all,'' Max Ernest said. ''Yeah, right. I thought we were friends.'' ''We are,'' said Cass. ''But not enough to tell me.'' Visibly disappointed, Yo-Yoji headed down to the lakeshore and started skipping rocks. Cass and Max Ernest watched, not moving. ''I feel bad. I wish we could tell him,'' said Cass. ''Well, we can't.'' As the ripples ripple rings spread across the water... The plunking of the rocks echoed in the twilight. One more chapter, Pei? Do you want one more chapter? Yeah? Yes?